Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. freezing but this is the two shot podcast and i'm thrilled you're here honestly thanks for downloading and subscribing sorry i'm just looking at my cat he's uh, he, at the moment he's fast asleep on the settee just opposite me so if he does wake up and there's a lot of meowing which he, he does tend to do a lot then i can only apologize Thanks a lot for the messages and the emails and the tweets for last week's episode. What a cracker with Dave, with our kid. Um, I know he was really touched and really moved with the love and support that you sent him. And it means a lot to all of us. So thanks a lot. I think, well, I did, I think, I did, I did, I said on uh, Twitter that, that I was a bit nervous about putting it out. Not that it wasn't a brilliant episode. It was, obviously. But because we'd we'd set it up that I was talking to a lot of actors, you know, from June last year right through up until the other week, to put a non-actor out, I thought, oh, is that going to put people off? People are not going to like it. But, you know, that was just me worrying because what we're doing on the podcast is we're just highlighting people's stories and the one theme that they all have is that they're all creatives. So whether they're actors, they're poets, they're musicians, they're artists, they're directors, they're writers, you know, that they're all coming on because a human story is a human story. And that's what I like. And it's what you seem to like. So why don't we just carry on doing it, yeah? Yeah, bit of a weird week last week, Um, not weird, like dead nice, I was talking to a lot of lovely journalists, I was doing a bit of press about the podcast, Uh, and it was funny going back to, a lot of people were asking how it started, when it started, Um, so I was going right back to kind of this time last year, before myself and um, producer Griffith even met, it was all emails. Uh, so that was quite nice to think how far we've come from that first email and that first meeting in the Britain's Protection in Manchester. If you, if you haven't been to that pub, you really should go. It's lovely. Enough about pubs. I want to say a big thank you to Phil Williams and Hannah Gundry-White at Five Live, they said... A lot of nice things about the podcast. Uh, I'm not going to wax lyrical about it. Um, but thank you so much, guys, for having me on your brilliant show. Always check out Phil Williams live every night on Five Live. He's a fantastic bloke. Now, from yesterday, some news broke. And I can tell you right now because it's Thursday. And this happened yesterday on Wednesday. The Two Shot Podcast 
is going to be live at the Kendall Calling Festival. Now, if you don't know, if you've never been to Kendall Calling, then, crikey, you are missing out. As a punter, it's one of my favourite places to go. Great bands, great people, great food. Just a a fantastic vibe. Um, It always has been. It's not... It's not getting bigger, it's just getting better, and that's what we want. So we are going to be live at the end of July at Kendall Calling. A lot of tickets are already selling out, and we are going to have some fantastic guests live with us at Tim Peake's Diner, which is the place to be. I mean, oh, it's a lovely, lovely place. Um, I've got lots of lovely friends there who I've made friends with over the years and they've been so supportive of what me and Griff do on the podcast. And now we're there. We're one of the guests. And speaking of guests, crikey, I'm lining up some absolute belters. uh, And I'm not even going to say anything. I'll see you there at Tim Peake's Diner. Get you a cup of tea, your cup of coffee, whatever you want, and we'll be there. What else of course tonight if you're listening to this on thursday right when it's going out tonight is the night we are live in liverpool with tremendous support from the majestic arkid and a lovely chat well we'll see how it goes (laughs) it's gonna be brilliant i'm so excited with ingrid oliver she's coming to liverpool to hang out at the baltic social with me and Griff, and you, if you're there, if you've got tickets, I'm pretty sure it's sold out by now. Um, but who knows? Look, if there's any returns or anything like that, uh, I'll throw it out on our Twitter feed, and you can turn up and get your tickets. But as I say, I think it is sold out. I've been rambling enough. Shut up, Craig. Let's get to the episode. This is episode 29. Okay, I'm not going to blather in the middle. Let's just take it right through. Producer Griff's going to work his magic, put on some lovely little jingles in between. But this is... We went to Manchester to go and have a brew with a very, very close friend of mine. I've known her for years. And she's one of the best... One of the best people, but she's also one of the best actresses I know. And I love spending time with her. My cat's just woken up. It's Christine Bottomley. Uh, I think you're going to really love her honesty and her warmth. Um, she's one of the most normal people I know. She, uh, oh, God, normal. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? What I mean is she's really down to earth. <clears throat> and she's never changed. And she's an award-winning actress and a beautiful, beautiful human. I love it a bit, and I'm thrilled that she came on. And after that, we popped in the motor. And Radcliffe, I'm trying to do this podcast. Can you hear him? We popped in the motor, and we got caught in a snow blizzard going over to Sheffield, a big favourite of mine for loads of reasons. There's a few episodes down the line, which we'll talk about that. And we went to the Crucible Theatre and met somebody I'd never met before. It's Remy Milner. Now, she, as you'll be able to hear, comes across as 
very warm, funny, uh, full of life. And she is. So we've got an actress who is a few years in and an actress who's been doing it for quite a long time. I thought they bookended each other really well. It's full of positivity, naturally full of honesty. And I'm going to go now and leave you to this episode before this cat winds us all to death. I will see you at the end. Please enjoy episode 29. It's a double shot of two-shot pod with Christine Bottomley and Remy Milner. I'll see you at the end. So we're up north now. Yes. And obviously this is where you were born and where you're from. Mm -hmm. But obviously you spent a lot of time in London. Mm -hmm. And now you're back up here. Big changes, moving up, um, but back up. It I is say? big change. I've moved up, but it's been five months now. Um, I've, I'm in a fortunate position. I have a place in London that I'm just renting out at the minute, so I don't feel like I've completely left left. left. And obviously, you know, with work things, you're there quite a bit, and you know, um, so it doesn't feel like a massive change, but I feel. Uh, I feel happier in the sense that because I sort of made the move because my folks are quite elderly, really. So I felt that it was time to be up and and nearer to them. So, you know, we can get to London easy. You know, it's just a couple of hours into it. And and what's important really is looking out, looking after whoever needs it, really. Of course. (laughs) And what's it like being back? Going, oh, God, well, you're not far from where you grew up, yeah. really. Well, I was born in Rochdale and um, and then moved to the Stockport area sort of a bit later on. I was probably, hmm, it was probably about six or seven. Um, it's nice to be back in the hood. It's nice. And I have a lot of mates that are sort of from my sort of school days you know and, yeah. and kind of even like from like brownies when I was at brownies here and around still, this area still I'm still about. yeah like like some of my oldest mates and that and that is you know it's um it's lovely actually to get to see them a lot and and catch up and there's a good sort of support network here um and they're not you know actors or in it but that's quite glorious really you know yeah. i'm getting to catch up with um properly with some of my oldest and dearest muckers which is lovely you don't have to knock about with actors all the time <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with no that, we but... do we love him <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see you i haven't seen you for a while <laughs> well that's the reason that's the reason i part start this podcast i just don't get yeah. to see a lot of friends so i thought i'd come around with a microphone and talk to them <laughs> what were your parents doing what did they do for a living? Um, my mum was a pharmacist um, and my dad was uh, a mechanical engineer. So he started off um, on the shipyards in Aberdeen when he was like 40. Well, he says every time he speaks to me about it, he gets younger, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you know, he's like, I walked barefoot to the shipyards when I was like 14. I think that was the last stage. But no, it genuinely was like sort of 14, 15. He was sort of kicking about there and grafting and um and they were the first two in their family to um go to uni and stuff when mum went to uni and um and work up through the ranks as it were they're both like grafters you know um was that the reason that, that from moving from Rochdale to the Stockport area 
Um, what was the reason for that? It was probably... Uh, yeah, it was to do with my mum and she, we moved into a chemist shop um, in Stockport and we lived above in a flat there and my mum helped run that chemist shop. Um, so yeah, that would be the reason for the move and um, and probably a change in focus because when I was, when we were at school in Rochdale, it was like, you know, sort of primary school time and um, I don't think... <laughs> Well, it, it took me quite a while to sort of get on board with the whole reading and writing thing a bit, think a bit more. And I think um, maybe some of the schools up here, people thought they might be a bit better or whatever, but I think it was more me just being a bit, not knuckling down, but... Did you have your head in the clouds? Were you a bit of a daydreamer? Yeah, maybe. I've that? always been like a people watcher, really, yeah. and an observer. Um, so you started young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and that was that was gorgeous when we were up here because we moved here because I, my mum's chemist shop, um, I just used to sit in the back on this little stool and just people watch, really. And, um, was it just you three, Chrissy? And I've got a sister as well, yeah, I've oh, got an older sister. What? My sister is, um, she's 52 now. Is she? Yeah. What does she do? She's an occupational therapist. Is yeah, she? Yeah, so she's a real grafter, like, um, working for the NHS, which Jeremy Hunt is trying to dismantle, And um, but we won't go into that, but... I mean, that's that man, another, that, yeah, that, that is another, that's, an, that's, another that's a whole very, other thing, but yeah, it is, isn't it? And yeah. I'm sure we're all in agreement about what we think of him, really. Um, but yeah, so she's an OT um, and she lives up sort of in the Walkden area in Manchester, so. She worked with primarily children? It's um, elderly, actually. Elderly, elderly. Yeah, and she does, she sort of does home visits as well and um, I think it's predominantly elderly people that are really quite poorly and just sort of making the, you know, last bit of existence as comfy as possible, really. You know, my son has yeah. an occupational therapist. You're joking? No, well, he has to go once a week because <gasps> he's, he's, he's dyspraxic. Oh, right. Yeah, didn't I, I didn't tell him. No. Didn't. Well, it was it was just sort of... I can't towards, believe I didn't know that. Well, it was kind of late last year when he was diagnosed, so we just... But he's, he'd been going for a year because of something wasn't particularly hitting the mark with his focus but now he's just getting on with it oh. but he's doing really well that's where that's why i said oh yeah because i've yeah. never known uh, what? Uh, what an ot yeah. person does not i thought oh well they just work with children yeah but i know they work with elderly people too yeah oh bless him oh he's a cracker Don't yeah know, i don't worry about him beautiful speaking of children school for you uh, yes craig <laughs> i was a model student <laughs> School, I just, uh, you know, quite a, a standard, you know, went standard. Did you enjoy junior it? Junior high school. Um, I did, I, I met some, my friends for life there, like really and truly. Um, ones that you're still seeing now, you Yeah, ones back. that I still see now. Um, I, I wasn't big time into uh, doing drama at school and what have you. You know, I, it was kind of, I did do drama GCSE and... Um, why, why was that? Uh, I think it didn't excite me as much at school. I mean, I, I, it was more sort of like doing youth theatre and, and other groups outside of school. School what? was just kind of head down, getting through it a bit, really. Did anything excite you at school? Um, 
<laughs> do anything next time in school. Uh, yeah, the people that I met, really. Yeah. More, um, a, more of a social thing than Yeah, academic. and I mean, I don't get me wrong, I got my GCSEs and I did all that, but it wasn't... I felt it was more um, kind of my extracurricular stuff, you know, literally like I would go to Stockport Youth Theatre, I used to love that, I used to... Um, when would that would that be the weekends or would that be it would be a couple of nights in the week and then you could do you do like a summer course a week's summer course um that was like no money you know it was next to nothing and then that would be you know you've seen right for the a week of the school holidays which is brilliant so it was um, completely accessible for everybody yeah. you didn't have to i think it was a maybe a pound 50 a couple of quid or something yeah. for a good few hours and we had this amazing guy that used to teach us there actually and I tried I thought he was on Twitter and I do think it is him and I tried to <laughs> message him I never heard back but he was like you know we would have been like 13 14 and he was like he introduced us to Pinter and we were looking at the dumb waiter and wow. we you know I remember me and my friend Jenna in this group we were doing the dumb waiter you know and so two women doing that and um and he, I remember him playing the Sex Pistols and that was the first time I'd heard the Sex Pistols, you know, and also he was just the most incredible um, chap, really. I'd love to know where he is now, but... So what, just going back to the drama at school... Yeah. Why didn't you connect with that? Do you think, obviously, it was because of the teacher. I mean... No, I think we had cracky teeth. I think it was just... Um, when you're at high school as well, you're kind of... I didn't feel as open to sort of um, Did you not feel try as, stuff out there. She didn't feel as free. No, and you do like drama and all the boys wanted to have fights. I'm not, you know, they, they do, well, let's do this play about fighting and then all this. And it would be more, that didn't really excite me um, as much as, as sort of getting out to youth theatre and meeting people that were really into it. Like so when you were doing the youth stuff, was this with... Or the friends who were at school with you? No, not really. Oh, a couple. A couple went. It was just something that I'd heard about and um, I thought, well, you know, I'll try that. Not with a view of, like... So you had no view of thinking this oh, could be a be career? Active. No, not really, no, no. Um, that sort of... Did you have any inkling of something that you wanted to do when you were that age? I don't know. I just know that it made me happy and that made me feel like I fitted in somewhere and that it would help me like, articulate my world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then the more and more I would do it as I got older, um, sort of at A-levels and things, I thought, yeah, potentially I would like, you know, I would like to go into this, but... So you did it at A-level? Yeah, I did A-level theatre studies. And this was, was this at the same school? No, this was um, at a sixth form college. Right. Where was that? In Marple. In Marple? Yeah, so you had to travel there and then... Um, and that was, we had really good teachers on that course. I, I didn't do very well in my A-level theatre studies, but it made me think, oh, there's so much more I want to learn. You know, you were getting introduced to, um, I remember we did The Maid, Jean Genet and all this, you know, and that was just bloody amazing. So then I thought, maybe I'll just try and keep playing for a bit and go to drama school and, and see what happens. Was there somebody <coughs> guiding you or opening that door and saying, do you know what, Chrissy, maybe you should think about furthering this um, there was We were taught at our A-levels, there was a guy called Jim Capewell, who's actually an usher now at the Royal Exchange. I saw him, like, before Christmas. Yeah. Um, 
and he it was really lovely to see him but and he you know he was helpful and and kind of um I think everybody was always saying oh, it's really hard you know and it's really tricky to get into but um what did you think when people were saying that well, I sort of thought, I look at my mum and dad who work hard and um, my sister who works hard, you know, everything you go, That's is tricky. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I'm, you <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and then and then when you, you know, you think about it and you kind of look back, I've, then you sort of think, actually, yeah, I've always been like a people, as a people watch from young and, and sort of, I don't know. I didn't necessarily think I'd be an actor, but something within the field of, you know, sort of telling stories or... But I never thought that I'd have a proper living from it or anything. You know, I never thought that it would... Um, never... I don't know. Still don't, really. You know, you can never take it for granted, can you? No. You know, it... it even, even after 20 years yeah. or whatever long it is. Yeah. But... So you finished your A levels, and how did you do? In, how did you do there? I got. I think I got two C's and a D. So I did psychology, theatre studies, and English, um, and that just it just it was just so um, text based, and oh, it just it annoyed me really. A levels. Um, it wasn't connecting. Not really, and I, but again, I met a great group of people there, so that was <laughs> lovely. And then... Every cloud. And then I worked... And then I thought, oh, I'll try drama school, but of course, you know, you've got to pay for your auditions, haven't you, and get yeah. to places and what have you. So yeah. then I worked for a year in um, a pub and just saved up and saved up in order to... So just purely to get down an audition? To get down to the auditions, the travel there, and then if I was going to do it, with a view to just having a bit of um, extra cash behind me, really. Because so, I, would, I wouldn't say that... I mean, my mum and dad are supportive in the grand about it, you know, but they, I don't... I don't know. I mean, um, I think it was maybe a bit of a shock to them when I said, oh, I'd like to be an actor, you know. Um, did they ever say anything like, well, you know, maybe you should have something to fall back on? Oh, yeah. 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 But they know that I'm quite headstrong, really, so that I probably... What did you think and, when they said that? Did... Did you go? I thought fair play. I totally get it. Yeah. You know, I do. I totally get it. And then there comes a point where they're just like, right, do what you know. And did you have something like... to fall back on? <laughs> I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I like gardening, <laughs> painting, and decorating. Well, there's people that are far better at that than me. So, um, no, gosh. Mm. Been thinking about this a lot. But I've re- realised that when going into the acting world and all that and from a very young age really aware that as a female in this business that you get to a certain age and it gets trickier because stories stop being written you know for that age group of women feels like that's getting slightly better but really dawned on me the other day that because a friend of mine over Christmas said oh Chrissy you said that this is when it gets really hard and I said, did I say that? And they said, yeah, you were probably about 26, 27. My friend who's a doctor, he was here and he said, and I remember you saying, you know, that when you hit like round 38, that you probably, you know, that's it, it'll all stop and you'll have to get, and I thought, bloody hell, yeah. And it's, um, I don't know, I just thought, that, God, I was saying that at that age, you know. There's that time when a script comes to you and you go, oh, God, I'm a... I'm a dad. 
I've not really. had that yet. I'm well, exactly. you, know, you must have had them. You must no, have had them. You've had no, them both no, of them, oh, yeah. I, mean, I know you yeah. are. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seemed to have jumped. Yeah. Ten years. Anyway, let's jump back. So you'd saved up that money. You're working yeah. at the pub. Yeah. And then, so I went to um, drama school in, I went to the Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama in Glasgow. And I think it's called the Conservatoire now or something. What was your audition like? What was you remember your audition process? Yeah, that was an all-day audition. And I loved it there because people were sort of walking around, you know, in the joggers that looked like they were working, you know, yeah. and really... I just got a really good vibe of that place. And also, it wasn't... In London, it wasn't going to... I think it was £1,000 a year to go there, Um you know, so it's considerably cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and so, and my mum and dad are Scottish, so I thought, you know what, if I'm going somewhere and I can say, look, I'm going there, and it's, you know, your neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, and a lot cheaper to live there, obviously, throughout yeah. the three years and what have you. And um, so it seemed because I just couldn't envisage leaving and being. I mean, what people leave now, and it's like. It can be 50k in debt yeah. before, and I just, I, bloody hell, I mean, that makes me sweat thinking about it, you know, and you're just starting off, and then it's, it's really tricky, and I just, I couldn't have done that. Did you get a grant? Um, you must have got help bit. with some money, but it, it was, I, I think. The full student loan, that no, I don't think I did get a grant, no, yeah, no, was that because the. They'd stopped I it at that Scott, point. Yeah, I think it was just... it must have been on the cusp, because yeah, I know I, yeah. I'm a little a little bit older, yeah. a couple of years older than yeah. you, and I know I was right on the cusp. That must have been what I was taking into consideration as well. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You know, because... Um, yeah, the London thing, it, I just didn't see it as feasible, really. You don't have to go somewhere. No. You know, the amount But of when I think about it now as well, and people... Um, and their choice. I mean, because it's just even more and more... I don't know. God. Stop. It's funny that some people think that, you know, London is the be-all and end-all. And it, and it isn't really, because there's lots of places to train. And, you know, there's certainly people I've spoken to who have been on the, the thing, podcast who yeah. haven't trained at oh, all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't... I, I train because I was, like, absolutely thirsty for knowing, you know, I felt... You needed the tools. Didn't yeah, you? and I was, I was a not kind of late to it. I was doing my youth theatre and everything, but I didn't know it. I didn't feel I knew enough, and also felt like that was really that was kind of important to me because I, I was sort of otherwise I think I would have just not given it me all in certain situations or whatever going yeah. up for for jobs. You know, I just would have been paranoid or something. I don't know. Of like, oh, I'm not quite good enough to be it. So that's why I felt, but. My God, some of the best actors that we see haven't trained. You know, no. it's what works for. And um, but in a way, they do because they're constantly training. Yeah. On, oh, yeah. On, on, on the job. Yeah. And London is. I mean, the, I suppose my point is, if if somebody is from, say, Rochdale or a certain area, and they really want to go to Rada, you know, you think it's kind of unfair that because it's cost such a huge amount of money that that might no longer be a possibility to them, as we, you know. No, it's terrible. But there's always 
There are ways and means. There's ways and means, but you know that uh, that isn't the only avenue. Yeah. Even yeah. though that might be your wish. Yeah. Financially, it yeah. just isn't doable. But there are other ways and means because it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, where are we? We're in Scotland. Yeah. Whereabouts in Scotland? Are we? Born in Scotland, Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah. Love Glasgow. I love Glasgow. Brilliant. I it? absolutely love it. Yeah, it's bloody amazing. People are gorgeous. I mean, I go back now. I was up doing a radio before Christmas. And in Glasgow? Yeah. Are you lucky yeah, bugger? Yeah, I know. Oh, God, it was brilliant. And then I was getting time to, you know, catch up with people. But literally, there was one news agent, and the guy was like, all right, Hen, how's it going? You know, and, he, and I mean, I left, like, what? God, I'm terrible with time. Well over blooming 10 years ago. More so. More, much more than that, isn't much it? Much more than that. <laughs> well, I, mean, I did 2000, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Gorgeous people there. And it was three years mm. in Glasgow. Mm. You settle in well? I did settle in well. I um, I missed... Um, I missed kind of home a bit, um, which I didn't think I would. Um, and Do you mean home home or do you mean the north? The north, I think, a bit. And then and getting back, because, you know, you, you're a bit skint, aren't you, when you're studying? Yeah. So it wasn't the train fare and all that. Like, you'd have to really think about when you were going back. So, you know, you could be... Um, have long stretches of not doing. Um, but I did enjoy my time there. I was probably, like, a proper geek there. I think if you ask people, it reminds... I mean, I'm mates with everybody in my year, but I think I was properly, like... Because I wasn't at school, really. And then I was just like, oh, my God, I want to know about all this. And, um, Were you just drinking it in? And yeah, I was a bit, yeah. And we Were had you having some... fun as well? Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's a stupid question. <laughs> of course, <to> <laughs> Craig. Of course. No, it was great. It was... And I think it was the right... Because I had the year of working in the pub... I was really ready. I think sometimes you can go and you can be a bit too young, you know. And, um... I totally agree. Yeah. Because I was thinking, since I've started doing these, because it's a question that does come up about, well, when are you ready? Yeah. You know, you're ready when you're ready. Not, And I don't regret, I don't regret anything. But How old were you when you went? I was just turned 18. Oh, yeah, you And I thought, you know, if I'm looking back on it, I do go, bloody hell, I didn't even know who I was. Mm. You know, it's mm. on the past few years I've worked that out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you still know? doing it, aren't you? Still, you're constantly doing it. Yeah. Because you're constantly failing and constantly learning. Um, but no, I didn't really know. But but then you go, I can't regret it because I wouldn't be sat here mm. right now mm. talking to you mm. in this moment yeah. if that hadn't happened. So you can't really change things. But yeah, I, I understand what you mean about, you know, what is age appropriate? Yeah. And we had some... Just great people now. There was a guy, Peter Robertson, and I think he was 35 and he started his training. And just like a real grafter and had to yeah. save up to study there. Um, yeah, we had, we had an guy, old, you know, and you an just older think, guy wow. Ours, and he was, I think he was like 28, 29. Yeah. Such an honour to be around people like that, yeah. that. Because that is so brave, you know. Yeah. And you learn a lot from people like that. Had a completely different other career and another path. Yeah. And went, do you know what? I need to try and fulfil yeah. this, what I really want to do. It is incredible just to do that and jack it all in. Yeah. So three years, this, did it fly by? 
fly they by. did they did fly by yeah they did they did fly by and um i sort of learned a lot and then i was like right and then i really thought right that's it i'm never gonna bloody work so what can i do you know and then why did you think that did you think that because not in a negative you know not in a were you looking at other me? people who were graduating and going oh they're having no, a no i just time. sort of thought I don't know. I just because you're constantly told. I mean, that's one thing you're constantly told. It's so hard. You will never work. You will, you know. Um, that's uh, the RSAMD did say that quite a bit, and I think I did say to a tutor there. You know, there is telly things going on. You know, the telly's on every night. There's something. Things are being made. Maybe you know, we could just give it an inch of hope to people <laughs> a bit. And how was it when you graduated? It was. Um, it was sort of kind of ploddy along. You know, my first job I got was in EastEnders and I was still at um, drama school. And it, But it was playing like some... What was that? It was like a a waitress that had... I did have an affair with Martin in it or somebody. Anyway, it's one of the young kids in it. Not young, but... Um, and then... And that was a few weeks shoot on that. And um, it was when they film away from Elstree. So we actually filmed in Soho, in the middle of Soho. And right. I'm like this waitress. <laughs> and my first scene, I'm bringing out these loads of drinks to Martin and this other character that was in it. I can't remember his name. And, um, and I was like, Mrs. Overall, you know, with this tray of drinks. <laughs> like, hello. Like, trying to really style it out. Um, and was probably incredibly hammy. Oh, God. Um, and then from then on, you know... Um, yeah, well, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad, you know. Um, did you get an agent straight away? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. I was, my first agent was with um, Jonathan Alteraz. Yeah. Who's that, yeah. How um, was the year? Did the, How many people were in your year? About 26, did everybody? Like did everybody get agents? I think more or less. There's one girl, Beverly, who... She was, oh God, a brilliant actress and she trained and everything. And then literally the day after we graduated, she's like, right. And she just got a totally different job. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, she was just like, no, I mean, and she was great. And I've everything. done that now. I want to do something else. Yeah. Fair play. Yeah. And what's, do you know what the, roughly the percentage of people that are still doing it from your year now? Probably about, probably about, Probably about sixty percent. That's that's pretty high, yeah. actually. Yeah, I really feel you left that place with your tools to get on and just a really good work ethic. Really, you know. Um, yeah, I'm pleased that that was my choice of place. My yeah. nephew is an actor now and he went and studied somewhere and I was like, go, you know, audition for there, audition for there and he didn't and then after he's like, oh, I wish I did and I was like, I did say because it's just, I'd recommend that place. If you have a good experience there, you've got yeah. to pass it on. Have you been back up since you graduated? I've been in there a few times in the building and what have you and then um, last time I went there was a lovely woman that used to work in the drama office, Val, and she used to give really big cuddles and I had massive boobies and she's like this really big beauty, you know, like a nana figure that yeah. when you were away studying. And um, yeah, and I'm just, she sadly passed away and it really, she was just this woman, Val. I mean, people who went there, they'll know exactly what I mean. And you just thought Val was going to live forever, you know, and forever be in that building, giving yeah. 
cuddles and being really kind and what have you, but sadly not. So last time, yeah, sent me under a bit of that, that Val, God rest her soul, is no longer around. Chrissy, how do you deal with when things aren't going to plan? Not that you have a plan, but mm. how do you deal with dry spells and when scripts aren't coming in, meetings aren't coming in? Because when the power yeah. is, is taken away... How do I deal with that? I, I think... Do you keep yourself busy doing other things? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not... Well, you know what I'm... I'm yeah. In terms of... I'm a bugger with my phone, aren't I? Sometimes I no, can... Yeah, no, but, but you know, as in I can be... I, I don't sit by the phone. No, do you know what I mean? No. So I will be... Um, and also, I mean, I absolutely love... I do love what I do for a living and I love it, but it's not my world. It's not my entire world, you know, and there's a lot of other things that um, are a part of my world that are really important as well. So, um, and I tell you what, there's a good, I think it's different for actors and I might be sort of slightly speaking out of turn there, but I have a really, a good support network of, um, women in this business, you yeah. know, that are, we sort of look out for each other a bit really. And, and, um, and I'll be always talk about stuff really and be very honest, you know, it's, I think if you have dry spells, I think it's really important to talk about that and, and, and not, but it can be it, that can be hard for people, I suppose. And um, I suppose you've got to speak about it with like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. Because not everybody's going to yeah. understand. And I think people. It depends how you orchestrate yourself in life. You know, people might think, oh, "I don't want to say that because that's my currency," and if I, it seems like I'm not busy for you know the next month, that I, I'm not as. Um, I don't know, desirable to employ or whatever. And, and I think I think that actors should give themselves a break about that because it can just, that'll just send you mad, yeah, really. You don't have to pretend that you're mad busy all the time. No. I was listening to uh, an interview with Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Do you know Laurie Metcalf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's brilliant actress. Yeah. Really brilliant. And, uh, and she's been nominated for this new Greta Gerwig film. Yeah. And she's one of the founders yeah. of Steppenwolf and it's amazing history. And the interviewer said, so, more movies coming up. She went, nope. No. <laughs> She's yeah. not been offered anything? She went, nope. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that honesty yeah. from from somebody so well-respected, certainly, you know, certainly from my point of view. And she went, no, I'm just going to go and do a play. Yeah, amazing. I mean, fair play, she's going to go and do a play with Glenda Jackson. Oh, so she's doing all right. Yeah, you know, but she, and she said, you know, yeah, I'm getting... You know, nominated for this film and everything and he said uh, do you like do you like films she went no <laughs> no not particularly no I don't like the waiting around I don't like this and she reeled off lots of things that she didn't like about it amazing and I think honesty honesty, honesty, honesty is like the that. key and I think our I'd like to. I'm, I'd like to think I'm quite a good mate, if you know what I mean. And I've spoke to people that have had really quite, you know, blue times as actors that haven't worked. And I've just been like, you know, you have to have something else as well. Yeah. It cannot. It cannot define you. And also, it doesn't help you, you know, when you come to work. If that's 
all you're kind of thinking about or whatever. I don't think, you know, because there's a big wide world out there, isn't it? And we've got people, I don't know, you know, a country. I mean, I'm not going back to the NHS, but there's all sorts going on in our uh, political slant at the minute. And you just think, wow, you know, we need to... um, but I think it's really important for people to have the conversation. I think it's getting better now because I think that there's a lot of um, actors. Equity did um, a survey and it was quite shocking to, you know, see about actors' mental health and what have you and where people were at. And and I hope that gets better because that think, needs to be I think it is slowly addressed. getting better. Certainly, um, friends of mine and people... Even who aren't friends who, who come on the podcast, yeah. who I talk to, they're very, very open about uh, dark days, yeah, and how they deal with them and how they get better and how they hopefully don't yeah. fall into that hole again. But you know, never say never. You yeah. never know. You know, you just have to deal with one day at a time, don't you? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> one step at a time, little steps. I was talking to somebody the other day about auditions and mm-hmm. about how they've learned to they go in mm-hmm. do the audition mm-hmm. come out of the room it's gone mm. how do you, are you good at that or have you learned to be better at that or are you still yeah you know what it depends where you're at if you've got the mortgage to pay you know and you and you go that one is going to help me out if yeah. you're in that scenario then it's harder to let it go in sometimes but in terms of striving to get that job, if it's a party thing, I bloody love to play that. And I really want to, I am quite good at letting those go. Yeah. Because there's such, the decision making process is yeah. so massive. You and know, it's out, you, of your you, it's out of your control and you can't, you drive yourself mad. You drive it, you know. I remember actually somebody, Vladimir Miradan, who was our old principal at um, RSAMD for a wee while, and he said, try and leave it behind you at the door when you walk out and it'll be the best thing for, you know, keep you functioning, happy and healthy as possible. And there's something to be said for that, definitely. But it's hard if you're, you know in a situation where obviously, you know, we all need to pay the bills and um, particularly if people have families or they're looking out for people, it's, but I do try and do that. Yeah. Because I'm not really part of the decision-making process. And you can only go in there. And yeah. Serve give it your shot. Give it your best. Yeah. And then, yeah. It's a time. Yeah. Thing, I think you do learn that over time. And if God, if you're just starting out and you're doing that, then, hats off yeah that's incredible you should tell people how you do it and pass it on (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say oh that's what I was going to say have you uh, noticed a change over the years within the business I only say that because I was talking to another actress on the podcast a fair few yeah and they've said yeah I have noticed a a change in a change in, you know, oh, wait a minute. I went for that audition. I went for that meeting. I went in. I still haven't heard. Nobody <laughs> ever told me anything. They know, nobody told me about anything. 
And also, and it was, it might have been me or it might have been Rebecca Callard. Mm. No, sorry, not Rebecca. It was Amanda Abington mm-hmm. who brought, yeah, I may yeah, have yeah. brought it up. About this uh, Americanized way, which is perfectly fine, especially when you're auditioning for stuff in America, mm. you get off book. But now, mm. oh, you've got to be off book. Yeah. So all off book. How do you feel about all that? <laughs> Yeah, it's ma- it's massive now, isn't it? It's yeah. funny how it's it's it's, it's changed. Yeah. certainly over the past maybe I don't know. Two I've years. sort of always had to do that because I'm quite dyslexic. So I used to be quite envious, you know, people that can have a cheeky lockdown in meetings or whatever, you know, in in the in the, back in the day. But I I can't do that anyway. So it's it sort of I've always tr- had to do that really to get a better a shot at something. But it's really hard when stuff comes in, you know, last quite last minute, yeah. How do you deal with that when... Well, sometimes I just say I can't, I can't. do it, really, yeah. unfortunately. Um, which is a real... It's a real shame, because even if you just get an extra, you know, like, 12 hours or something, you can, you know... You can drill it. Have a better crack of the whip. But, yeah. Um, but young actors are sort of more trained to that now, aren't they? They can really get their head around sort of just getting 12 pages off book really quickly. And, I think so, yeah. Which is... But I know of a, a, a very seasoned actor who we both know, and I remember he was asked, uh, say on a, a Tuesday mm. afternoon, to be off book for the next day, mm. and it was like 14 pages. Oh, wow. And he went, I, I just, well, I've got kids, so yeah. I, I can't... It's not gonna happen. You need to give me some time. Anyway, they did give him some time. Yeah. But to ask that is a big. Yeah. Is a, is a, is a big. They probably appreciate. Uh, you know, it's good to say that, isn't it? Because you and also you're wasting that time slot, really. If you yeah. go in and you don't know, you know. And also, it only looks bad on you if yeah, you go in yeah. and you do a terrible job because that's what. Because I have, yeah, I have done that once where I've gone, you know, yeah, and you just think, again. and it's just no. <laughs> Because you leave a piece of your soul there, yeah. Exactly, it reflects badly on you and your work. Yeah. And you have to go, sorry, that isn't what I'm about. Yeah. I'm just looking at Griff, he's brought his own tea. It's like I've not even given him an actual brew. No, he takes his flask everywhere. In case he gets... In case he gets... Well, really? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's carrying a thermos at all times a day. He can sit on the couch and ask him. That looks like a posh one. It's his new thermos. It's it's very nice. It's very nice. But it's good that these questions are, you know, being asked and coming up and, and hopefully for the the better of everybody's I think so. And, you know, not with any it. sort of <clears throat> pitchforks and anger. Just, just, you know, these questions need to be asked because people are asking the questions and people want answers. Yeah. You ever thought about giving it all up? Um... Seriously. Not in a flirty way. But in a, do you know what? I've probably flirted with the idea, but not really. I tell you what, I mean, I think I fell into acting because it helps me articulate who I am. You know, it's my way of... Make, making my way through, like, everyday life as well. And I think that if I didn't have it, I'd really bloody miss that, actually. I don't know what... what I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Um, 
I haven't, seriously. But you're happy where you're at now and where your journey so far? So far, life can be a bugger, can't it? But it can be, it can be, you have to go through it and you have to... Learn from it. Yeah, and then, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy with where it is right now. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of this bleak January. No, I am though, I am. And I think that, um, yeah, hopefully... I'll still be bloody 90 and being wheeled out a little bit. I'll push you, Christy, don't worry. If you would, love. Oh, no worries. Christine, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, darling. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is the first time... No, this is the second time we've ever recorded from a theatre. Really? Yeah. In a dressing room. Yeah, we're in a dressing room. Look at that noise, you can hear it. Yeah. Who is it? The first one was in Home Some in props. Manchester. Oh, I love Home. Have you worked there? No. It's nice, that one. But it's really nice, yeah. How do you really find Sheffield? Nice. Yeah. Have you got some grips with it yet? Mm, not really. We've been in the rehearsal room a lot, but it's really funny because my family are from Doncaster. And so they're from, yeah, Doncaster, Bradford, Huddersfield, but I've never actually been to Sheffield. You don't sound like you're from Doncaster. No. Where was that but, kicked out here? Yeah. Mm, no, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Streatham. Oh, well, there you so go. So I'm a South Londoner, but yeah, my mum and dad are from there. All, most of my family still live there. Yeah. So it's nice being back up here around this yeah, area. Yeah, it is. It's lovely. It's so nice. Good people. Great people. Great theatre. Great theatre. Went in the main space for the first time yesterday. It was brilliant. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Massive. I haven't been here for ages. The last time I was just saying to Griff, the last time I was here, we came to see Hamlet. And I remember it was in the summertime because we were having a drink outside and you couldn't do that. Definitely not summer now. Freezing. It's freezing. It is a bit of a shock to the system. Snow. Is this your first time being away from... Your sort of home area doing a play? No, I've done more regional theatre than I have at home. Have you? Yeah. You find it all right? Yeah, Enjoy it. I really like it. I, I love you, it. You suppose you just go where the quality is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I've been, I guess I've been lucky to have good parts. Um, so I've really, really enjoyed it. But also, you know, it's good to get out and explore a bit, isn't it? Especially in January. Especially in January. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So tell me about growing up. So growing up was kind of split between London and Doncaster, I would say. You know, summer holidays would come round, go up to Doncaster, run around in a field, go back, go to school. And this is you, your mum and dad, brothers and sisters? Sister, younger sister. Younger sister. Katie, yeah. How old's Katie? She's 23. 23. Police officer. She's a police yeah. officer. <laughs> I know. Already at 23. Yeah, I know. Wow. Ju- just, just become one. Yeah. Just passed all the training. Congratulations, Kate. I know. Well done, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Good relationship with your sister? Yeah, really good. Very different. We're very different. In but what way? We, we're just so, so different. She's very um, um, linear and if she doesn't want to do something, she won't do it. Whereas I could probably be a bit more open, you know? 
So she's stubborn. Yeah. And you're... So would you take after your mum or your dad? Probably dad. Yeah. We like very different things. I quite, I'd say I was probably quite academic. Oh, were you? Because I was going to talk yeah. about school. What was school life like for you? Yeah, I think I was a bit of a geek. I am a bit of a geek at heart, so I really liked school. I mean, I found it, basically, I changed schools in year nine, so in the middle of secondary. Um, so How come? Well, I went to the Brit school. Oh, did you? Yeah. So the first secondary school was a bit meh. It was a bit boring. I wasn't really interested in the subjects. But then when we got to Brit, everyone's so... I mean, you're, you do all your normal subjects alongside whatever arty one you choose. Tell uh, me about the Brit school, because I don't really know that much oh, about it. Oh, it's great. It. It's an amazing place. So you, you apply, you audition, you do workshops, you have meetings with the teachers. It's quite hard to get into. I think it's even harder now. Um... Yeah, so you choose your strand, your core subject, as it were. Art, drama, dance, media, sing, music. Right. And then you can go when you do your GCSE. So you do all of your GCSEs alongside. And the days are just a bit longer, so you can cram it all in. And then... Or you can go for A-levels and just do your subject or do A-levels alongside. Long days, much longer days than normal. Yeah, long days, but you just stay there for ages because you love it so much. Did you board there? No, no, it's free, it's the state school. So you people just come from all over the place. Just to go there? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. It's and really cool. did you work weekends as well? Mm, no, no, no. So you would go to the Brit school from what age, really? 14. To... To pass your A-level, yeah. still to like 17? 17, 17, 18, 18. Yeah. And did you stay till you were 18? Yeah. Because you love it, obviously. Yeah, loved it. It's it's just found great. It, obviously found it fulfilling. So fulfilling. I think the way it's run, you, you, can't, you have got students bouncing, I mean, bouncing off the walls. The canteen is the kind of place where people are you know someone might just jump up on a table and have a little dance and a scene you know it actually is that kind of place um but the teachers are just you know even if you're having an english class the teachers are so enthusiastic about what they're teaching you that you're just drawn into it and you just become so engaged with them I suppose they've it's got to amazing. be a certain type of teacher yeah, exactly, to be yeah. there, whatever subject. If people are there for dance and then all of a sudden, you know, you're in a science class, I guess. It's got massive highs and extreme yeah. lows and I suppose they've got to keep an even keel. Yeah. So you saw a big difference in the teachers from the other schools. Totally. School. Totally. Yeah. Like English, never used to like English. And that must have helped alongside doing the theatre, you know, all the English lit side. We had this amazing teacher called Miss Nelson who people who listen who know Brit School, they'll just know. She's yeah. such a Jamaican teacher who just like fills you with yeah, energy and enthusiasm for absolutely anything and everything you read. So How incredible the, is that? Well it's, it's amazing. What it is is rare. Yeah, it is, yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, does it? And they care, they really care. Again, very rare. <laughs> I think it's quite rare. No. 
But do you so, do you feel quite I'm not not um, yeah, getting on not, to one about teachers or anything like that? But you know, you have to go with your own personal experiences, don't you? Yeah. So did you did you know from a young age that this is this is the path that you wanted to travel down? Well, I was a dancer. I did some ballroom and Latin dancing for seven years. Did you? <laughs> yeah. From what age? From seven to fourteen. When until did it that... probably didn't it probably stopped being cool. Where did and that then... come from? Yeah, I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. Your mum danced. Well we or... we went to a local place in Streatham and did it, so maybe it... Oh, I know where it came from. I had a childminder whose son was doing it, so that's probably I got right. into it like that, yeah. Loved it. Got to 14. Not really cool. It was before Strictly and everything, so you know. And also, you're changing at 14. Your taste is changing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just used to dance with my mate Nadine. So it was a, yeah, it was just a fun thing. And then it got quite, okay, now it's serious. Right. And then I just, yeah, I didn't really want to be dancing with a boy, I don't think. Boys. So I just dancing with my mate. <laughs> so yeah, I was a dancer. And then. Uh, and then one, at 14, what did 14. you feel that you wanted to do? Or did you so, just want to be, did you just want to be a teenager? Oh. I mean, I, always, uh, I basically, I, I remember this dance, I guess it was a musical theatre class that I went to with my friend. Yeah. And I was being the artful dodger out of Oliver which I loved. And I just got this new sense of, you know, not just dancing, speaking and how fun it was. Yeah. And then Brit school on top of that and all the encouragement you get from that. I just, I think I was like, yeah, let's go. And you're obviously learning lots of new things at the Brit school as well. as loads of new things. And it was about, it's so much about life. I learned loads about life and about, having a strong friendship group and, but I, you know, you're lucky because I was creating stuff with them. Yeah. So it was, it was all interwoven. Being a teenager was creating random stuff and staying after school and making shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you leave the Brit school at what age? 18? Yes. 17. I 17. Was, yeah. And you've done, you do your A-levels? Yeah, I did French and English alongside, which was quite hard work. But you did all right? Yeah. I love French as well. Love languages, so, um, yeah, I love that. So where next? So then I had a year out. Applied for drama schools, didn't get into any. Right. Which I'm so grateful for that happening. Had a year out, worked. What did you do with the year, just work? Went travelling. Where did you go? Went around Europe. Oh, did you? Yeah, interrailing. Brilliant. On your own? With my boyfriend at the time. Didn't really have a plan, we just went. Yeah. And, yeah, just hopped from city to city. It was amazing. How Good cool to have that? a year out. Because when you, when you didn't, when you got rejected, how many drama schools did you apply for? I think I applied for six. And what did that make you feel like at the end? Did you think, no, I'm going to, did you think I'm going to forget about it? Or did you think I'm going to have a year out just to reevaluate? Yeah, I think it was that, yeah. I think the Brit School were really good at 
talking to us about how, you know, the, the realistic. And also you were 18, 19, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. It's really hard to get into drama schools. And, you know, and sometimes not essential. And, and yeah, definitely not sometimes essential. I think, I think you don't need to go to drama school. I think they can be great. I think you find out loads about yourself, which is great. Yeah. But you find loads about yourself in life anyway, yeah, don't exactly. you? So, so you come back from a year of going around Europe. Yep. Any plans? Back into auditioning. For drama school? Yeah. Oh, so you decided you were going to go. Get yeah, yeah. I think I always knew that I would do that. And were your parents fully supportive about... Yeah, they were really good, yeah. I think my mum was a little bit more hesitant than my dad. Right. But, yeah, they're really supportive, yeah. Yeah. And so where did you audition then? So I auditioned for four places and then ended up going to Bristol, Old Vic. Lovely Bristol. For three years, yeah. Which was great. Bristol's amazing. It's a great city. So good. Had the best time. Made good friends there. Made great friends, yeah. Really great friends. And did you have any preconceived ideas about what it was going to be like? Well, it having, was... Having spent all that time at the Brit School, did you see a massive yeah, difference? Yeah, massive, massive. The Brit School, they're just kind of... Not that I'm comparing. but It's um, just different. Yeah, different, different times as well. Yeah. You know, you're a young teen then, and then you're later on. It's like... Brit would hand you, they'd just give you responsibility to create what you wanted. So they'd say, okay, this is a voice assignment. We want you to make it about this. No detail. Just like encouraging you to cook up something, anything of your own, which which was brilliant, so brilliant. And then you get to drama school and it's a bit more straight-laced and... This is how it's done. Yeah. And actually you need to, you need to pare it back and think about how you're walking and talking and breathing and all these things that you thought you could do naturally. And it's all about the layers. And it's just a bit, yeah, that was a, it's a bit of a shock for me. And before you, before just jumping back to when you were auditioning, did you have anybody helping you with like your pieces or were you just? Yeah. Yeah. I remember going back into Brit. Oh, did you? And working it a bit there. They're really supportive. That's good. And doing it with friends. That's great. You could go back there I and know. like that. It is. Like, it's the that door kind was of always really open, open policy. Yeah, it is. I'd go back there now and just say hello. Oh, really? Yeah. So how long is it since you left the Brit School now? So I left in 2005. Right. Did I? No, two th- yeah. No, 2000. And- when did I start Bristol? 2008. So yeah, 2006, seven. Is that right? Everyone's maths is shit. We need to. <laughs> we need to go back in know. the classroom. <laughs> one thing we know about interviewing actors. Although no, actually, somebody he was quite good at maths. I'm going to say. Do you know what? I used to be really good at maths. Let myself down. <laughs> <laughs> so you're three years at Bristol. Hmm. Yep. Lots of singing. Hadn't done that before. That was a you very... weren't doing any of that at Brit School. No, no. And it's funny because my best friend is a singer. Was a singer in the school, so I'm constantly surrounded by it. 
and supporting her and stuff that she does and loads of other friends and people who are in musical theatre. But it's it was never something that I did so technically. So doing that side of things was really, I found it really scary. Really hard as well. Yeah, I remember singing a song and literally just standing up in front of the group and just shaking. I remember when I did that the first time and I just felt completely naked. Exposed. Really exposed. Yeah, it's funny because I've had to sing in quite a few plays actually, but since graduating, but Ah, but it's a different, you you know, you've got the character and you've got the, yeah. So any low points in during the three years then? Oh yeah, lows probably, yeah. Confidence. Um I remember finishing the first year and just just feeling like I had nothing to offer really. Like you've just been stripped back so much, which is what we know that they like to do. And then they start to And then they add on all these little tools that you can use when you go out into the world. Which, yeah, I get, I do get, but obviously at the time you just left feeling a bit. Did you, did you feel stronger to have for having that year out? Did you think, oh God, if I'd have, had, if I'd have yeah. got in when I'd have been rejected, I don't, you might not have been ready. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah, so happy. And people who'd had longer out, you know, or done other degrees and come in and mm. studied. You just think, yeah, great. You might have asked a bit, a few more questions. I mean, we were quite a challenging year anyway, so that was quite nice. Boy, why, yeah. were, you so, why <laughs> were you such a challenging year? We just, we, we didn't say yes to everything. And we kind of flagged up some stuff that we thought should change. You still like that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a really good... Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> that's isn't a it? really, really... Um, uh, oh, I forget the word. Anyway, we'll come back to it. I think I can be quite a moral person. So sometimes yeah, um, I don't mind speaking my mind. <laughs> no, I think that's really... I think that's good. I'm positive. Especially if it's for the good of the group, you know. Yeah, and also if it's something you believe in. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, as we all know, if your gut's saying one thing, then it's, you know, the gut's never wrong. That's where the decisions are made. Well, certainly where mine are anyway. Yeah, definitely agree. End of the third year and you're leaving. You're about to do your graduation. Yeah. How are you feeling at this point? Love showcase. (laughs) <laughs> loved it she rolls her eyes loved getting dressed up and doing the shake no I didn't really I didn't yeah it's funny because you do your three years and even then like cho- you know choosing pieces and maybe them not being quite right and you still you know you're still discovering yourself aren't you and then you go and stand in front of people and we sung lots of songs and did lots of dances which I I think it's great it's great to know that you have those skills but at the time I was a bit like Oh, gosh. It just feels a bit weird. Did you not feel it was you? No. It's a bit more musical theatre for me. And did you speak up at the time? No, it was, a very, it's, it was a big military operation, so... And years of... Things like that are hard to speak up to yeah. in that situation because there's a lot of pressure. There is, yeah, there's loads of pressure. Yeah. I remember there's just a shift in energy... 
towards the end. Naturally, because mm. people are probably feeling a bit Lots of anxious Tantums. about heading out into the world, as yeah. it were. But yeah, sometimes you don't really know until afterwards either, do you? No. Well, on reflection, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, why, why did I wear little heels? Probably because you were, <laughs> because you were told to. Thought, yeah, this exactly. It's a good yeah. idea, Rami. Stick do, those do, on. Do, do. All right, okay, you've yeah. done this a lot of times, and this is my yeah. first one, so yeah, yeah, I'll be grand, I'll do that. So you leave, and did you get an agent straight away? I did, yeah. And yeah, how was that for the whole year? Did the whole year get picked up, or was um, it a bit more... Well, some people have... People had loads more attention than others. Mine was a bit, mine was kind of, I did have attention from someone, but then I was kind of hoping to keep myself open for any other goodies that might come in. Yeah. But then they never came in, so it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas some people could, you know, be picky. And rightly so, they're great. I guess it's your first introduction of to what? To the world. Um, at Bristol, were they quite, um, I don't want to say negative, but were they quite honest with you, like, as a year, saying, right, you, you know, you're going to be going out there now, and it's hard. A lot of you probably aren't going to work. It's probably a lot of rejection. Or were they more, you're gonna, you can do this, it's going to be great. Were they more filling you with... I think they did. I think they did fill us with a sense of what it will be like. I remember that we, you create this marketing pact which you go out with, and that's what you can do, what you can use and look to when you're not working. But I think at that time, you know, you've just done three years at drama school, and you're like, I am ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like a little jack in the box. Yeah, yeah big yeah. time. Mm. So, so it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's like, how much can you prepare? And should you prepare yourself for that? I mean, you should, but also it's nice to have that kind well, the of... The thing is, you know, people can say as much as they want to you and it can be the, the truth. It doesn't matter because at the end of that, probably that third year, you're not listening to it. Yeah, exactly. Because you're ready to go. Like I was ready to leave, spring. yeah. Of course, you're ready to go. Look, I've got all these tools, I'm ready. I can show you exactly what I can do. Mm. I can do this, 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 this and this. And sometimes it's misdirected. Yeah. But, you know, that's just the way it is when you're leaving. Yeah. And also you want to get... I wanted to get hold of some juicy parts or, like, some fun fun parts. And did that happen straight away or was it trickier time? Yeah, one of the... Um, Gosh, it's such a long time ago, 2011, yeah. It's not that long. I know, I know. But yeah, you're like... I graduated in 97. 1997. Hey. <laughs> 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 it's funny because one of the first jobs I did was, uh, it wasn't a big job, it wasn't a big role at all, but just what I was surrounded by was incredible. What was that? That was, so it was on the hour and it was in this smoky, um, like a, um, a little, like a meetings club. Mm. And everyone was there and, you know, there was like black people, white people, mixed race people, or like having cigarettes and drinking and stuff like that. Just this really nicely set up scenario. 
which for me felt completely real. You know, you walk into this little wonderland and I didn't really know, I hadn't done filming before, so yeah. I didn't know what to expect. So I was just learning loads and just kind of looking at the pros, soaking it all up. And seeing what they were doing. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Loved it. And I think I literally had like five lines. That's all right. Is that one of your good. first jobs? Yeah. I'll do. That's all right. We all got you. Got to start somewhere, ain't you? Yeah. I had one line, I think. Did you? Oh, yeah, I think so. Well, I think mine actually got cut to one line, so you know. They always do, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because you seem to me like a very up, very positive person. You seem very happy. I know we've, we're meeting here and you're in work and you're in a rehearsal. You've just come from rehearsal. Yeah. But do you deal with the darker aspects of the business, the times when things aren't going well? How do you deal with that? Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because it yeah. can be so... It's so up and down and so unpredictable. I think, basically, I cannot not be busy. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, no, so I understand. as soon as I'm not acting, I'm... You do something I else. I make myself too busy, probably. And what do you do to make yourself busy? Or does that change? All from... sorts of stuff, yeah. All sorts of things. Just, just, just so you're not sat around thinking or doing something. Yeah. You need to be on the move. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm quite like that anyway, you know, to sit down and... You know, by the end of a film, I'll kind of be twitching to, you know, go off and do something. Unless it's in the cinema, and then that's lovely. Unless it's a rubbish film. Yeah. And you have to leave halfway through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking from experience. That's my own personal experiences. <laughs> but, uh, prob- yeah, probably going in and out of work is exacerbates that. But also hanging on to the fact that you can't just, you know, you can't, when you're working, you can't just, that's not your uptime. You have a life. So you yeah. fill it. There's so much stuff you can do. I know it sounds a bit wanky, but it's no, true, it isn't it? It doesn't at all. Reminding yourself of that. And also, at the end of the day, yeah, we've all got bills to pay and we need yeah, to do absolutely. things, you know, for our creativity and, and release that because, you, know, you know, that's what you do. But it ain't the be all and end all. It's not... Life shouldn't, the life, there's life. Yeah. And in that big circle there, this well, I'm doing a bit of acting, but there's so many other things to do. Yeah. Your life shouldn't be all-encompassing about the work, I don't think, because otherwise it can eat you up. Yeah. And how how do you deal with auditions? I quite enjoy them. You know I? Yeah. Yeah, I quite, I love, I mean, I love, I love being sent something and... Yeah, it's almost like you are starting your kind of first day of rehearsal, you know, picking it apart, or your prep period of picking it apart and getting into the world and your character's head. Yeah, obviously I get nervous, and some go much better than others, and, you know, it completely depends on who you're meeting, and sometimes you might, you, you know, you walk in and have a great chat. I had one recently where I thought I would walk in and have a great chat, and it just... It really didn't flow. It wasn't happening. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, because you can project all you want about how something's going to go. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, it doesn't go the way you yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Are you good at 
walking out of that room and leaving it down, switching mm. it off. Because that's one thing that's cropped up with a lot of people. Yeah, it's great to do that. Mm. That's and great in theory. It's great in theory, yeah. isn't it? And again, it varies, especially if it's something you really want. All the more reason to, yeah. I know. Oh, you're I, trying not to think about it, but then you kind of do start thinking about it. Of course, it's easier said than done. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It is a funny old game. It is a funny old game. <laughs> and I know that this probably isn't a question that I should be asking someone who, you know, is relatively kind of new yeah. to it all, really. But do you see yourself in this for the long game? Yeah. I kind of knew yeah. you were going to say that anyway. I, do you know what? I could see myself kind of still doing it, but branching off into other areas or aspects of it. Yeah. Because I think that that's just as interesting and that kind of fuels your work being aware of what other people do because you're still within the creative world i suppose yeah yeah there's loads of different areas isn't there exactly there's loads of things to do because we know that it is really i mean it is difficult yeah and i do think of people you know the stories now of trying to get into drama school and how hard Mm, it is and how expensive it is and in some cases, you know how elitist it is. Yeah. All up for a better mix in drama schools. <laughs> well, you'd think, wouldn't you? And I think things like that will happen in time. I yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah, they should. Yeah, they have to. It's Otherwise, not the real world if it doesn't happen. No, exactly. And that's, yeah. So how long have you got now before you open this play at The Crucible? So we open on the 9th of February. Which, you, but when, by the time this comes out, you'll be up hey. and running. Exciting. Are you looking forward to this? Yeah, really looking forward to it. Is it all women cast? It's all women. Directed by a woman? Directed by a woman, written by two men. Interesting. Interesting, <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. Have they wrote well? Yeah, great. It's great. It's amazing because it spans over, it starts in 84, goes to 2002, and then ends up in 2016. So it goes from minor strikes, Queen's Jubilee, to Brexit. So (laughs) there's loads in there. All bases covered. Yep. Remy, this has been brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. You're all the best. Thank you very much. And that is another one down. Um, I really want to thank Christine and Remy for, you know, giving up their time. It's it, it's funny. I, when I was doing all the interviews last week, I was really thinking about the episodes and going, God, it, this is quite a big ask for people. I mean, I don't ask people for their stories. I just ask people for their time. And at times precious, but also what's even more precious is really opening up. And some people don't know me when I go and talk to them, and I don't know them. So th- there's a real trust element to it. Um, so, yeah, I really want to thank them both. 
for Christine letting us into her home, getting the kettle on for us, uh, and for Remy finding us a little space at the Sheffield Crucible where she's rehearsing her play. Um, And also, yeah, for time, basically. It's just for people's time. It really means a lot to me that uh, people say, yes, I'll come on and have a natter. Speaking of natters, next week is episode 30. And crikey, O'Reilly, you're going to need a strong stomach. All right, that's all I'm going to say. There's, <laughs> yeah, okay. I think if I'm right, producer Griff went, went slightly green. A, a, a bit of a story for next week's. But I will see you next week for that. All right? You know where to find us. We're at Two Shot Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are Two Shot Pod at gmail.com if you would like to drop us an email. We always read them. We always love getting them. It's really interesting. Very interesting emails, actually. Positive stuff. People being very honest in their emails, which is always a good thing. Lee, you know I'm talking to you. Thank you for that email, man. And if you're in Liverpool tonight at the Baltic Social, I will see you there. Producer Griff will see you there. Our kid will see you. And Ingrid Oliver will see you. Uh, well... That's about it. I'm sorry I've been a bit blathery this week. Things are good. I'm very excited. So, until next week for episode 30. I've been Craig Parkinson. He has been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Look after yourself. If it's cold, wrap it warm. And I shall see you next Thursday. Take it easy. Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. <laughs>